Welcome to Transforming Lives with Michael Carter, pastor of The Life Church. The Life Church is a place where you'll enjoy interactive dynamic worship, prayer, and a very practical, down-to-earth yet spiritual message. Our service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night reboot at 6.45 p.m. Visit us at mychurchlife.org or on Facebook. Just search My Church Life and look for The Life Church. Now, let's join Pastor Mike. Hallelujah. So we're just going to continue on in our series. We started a series last week, and um, we're just going to continue on this week in our series, uh, Biblical Finance. Biblical Finance. Amen. And so... Um, this is, you know, this biblical money management uh, is something that I really believe God wants to get into our spirit. And, uh, you know, there have been what I call waves, you know, throughout Christianity. You know, there was a, a time where, you know, suffering uh, was the key and that got us closer to God. And uh, there was a time when there was a name it and claim it you know, type of thing, and, you know, you're, you're just blessed beyond measure. All you got to do is speak it and receive it, and um, somewhere in the middle of, of all of that, God wants relationship with us. <laughs> amen. He wants to bless us. I know there's only a few of us here. Give me some amens this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. There you go. <laughs> but he wants to, he does, he wants to bless us. God is a father, and what father, what mother, what parent doesn't want to bless their child? Of course, he wants to bless us, but more than anything in the world, he wants relationship with us. Amen? That's what he wants. He wants us to love him for who he is. And if we would do that, he'll bless our socks off. <laughs> he'll teach us things. He'll grow us. He'll bless us. He will withhold no good thing from you and I. Amen? And so one of the biggest things I think as Christians, uh, we go back and forth on, we go up and down, we go side to side on this area and this subject of money and money management and finances and what's the right thing to do. Do we just speak and God drops, you know, $100 bills from heaven or do we suffer and then, uh, you know, we'll get to heaven one day and uh, in our mansion? I mean, what is it? What is it? But, you know, God uh, is spirit. God is spirit. King James says God is spirit. Uh, God is a spirit, and we know that. So are we. All right, if you've, if you've been born again, you are a, you don't have a spirit. You are a spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul, and you have a body. Amen. And so we know that uh, deep speaks to deep. Spiritual things speak to spiritual things, and natural things speak to natural things. And so we know that there is a spiritual element to this thing. You know, uh, manifest in heaven, and we need it to manifest here on earth. Uh, but God has also given us some very practical steps to walk by. He's the let your let your word be a light unto my feet, and a lamp a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path as I walk every day. God has given us His word to walk through, and even on this subject of management, we will, we will receive that when it comes to grace. I know that uh, I, I've received favor, and so I must give favor. I know I've received forgiveness, so I must give forgiveness. Uh, but it sometimes confuses us when it comes to money. And the Bible says in Proverbs that money answers all things. Money answers all things. When I first read that scripture, I began to think, okay, so that means that anytime there's an issue, you just have to bring some money to the table, right? And... Um, 
that to an extent that is true you know i mean if your car is broken uh you know you if it's possible to get it fixed it's just money <laughs> you got the money you can get it fixed right uh, or whatever it may be but that's not all that that scripture means also you ever heard this term follow the money follow the money money answers all things <laughs> look at your checkbook we used to call it checkbook as i said last week uh, look at your spending habits money answers all things if money leads back to your heart Come on. And so at the at the end of the day, when the rubber meets the road, when the cookie crumbles and the ball bounces and all of the other cliches we want to use. All right. Uh, this is really a heart issue. It's what it is. Uh, it's not about the, just the green dollar bill. This is a heart issue. That's what God wants to get to. And managing your money reveals what's in your heart, just like how you forgive people reveals what's in your heart. How you speak, your attitude reveals what's in your heart. Managing money also reveals what's in your heart. And a lot of us may not want to admit that. We might be good at um, being nice. We might be good at compassion. We're good at empathy. We're good at so many other things. But if you're not good at money management, if you're not good at being a steward, uh, you know, God, Jesus gave um, several examples. He gave uh, the example of uh, the rich man who went away and, and, and gave his talents to uh, three of his servants to see what they would do. Come on. That means something. That's in the Bible for a reason. Okay? So biblical money management is important. Today, for a few moments, I want to talk about managing your receiving. Managing my receiving. Because that's part of it. Giving and receiving. Receiving is part of it. By the way, this series is going to be a number of weeks. We're going to go on for about seven weeks uh, and so we're going to really get into some things and you're going to hear from a lot of people. Um, you know, as we said, Brother Eldon was going to speak today. He'll be back next week and you'll hear from some other elders. You hear from my wife and, um, you know, just different topics. So uh, don't think that we're going to have one message, uh, you know, and that's it. That, that's the answer to all things. You know, this is a teaching that we're going to go through, amen, over the next number of weeks. This is just one element of it, receiving, managing my receiving. And you need to understand that the principle of receiving is scriptural. The principle of receiving is scriptural. In fact, we don't get salvation without receiving it. You can't give it. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. You have to receive it. And so receiving is scriptural. The principle of reaping and sowing is scriptural, right? All seed will produce more than what is planted. That's the way God set things up, and we have to understand that. You know, God is about multiplication. God is about increase. God created the whole universe. I don't know if there is life on other planets or not. Never been to another planet. Uh, in fact, I've, I've never been much above 35,000 feet. That's about as high as I've, I've gotten. So I don't know about you. Maybe you have. So I don't know what else is out there, but I know that the universe is huge, and if we're the only ones in the universe, which I believe we are, but it, maybe not, I don't know. But if we're the only ones in the universe, it's an awful big universe for such a small earth. For such a small earth. God does things big. That's how he is. He's the almighty God. He does things big. He does things big. And so biblical money management, it's a discipline. It really is. It's like anything else. It's like losing weight. Well, maybe I shouldn't talk about that yet. Next year I'll talk about that. But... uh you know, it's, it's a discipline like any, and it touches every area of our life. You know, how many marriages are in trouble because, and it's traced back to finances, 
right? You know how many companies uh, are in trouble and it's, it's really back to money management? It's not that they didn't have a good product. It's not that they didn't have great salespeople. It's not that they didn't have a good pitch and a good logo and great social media. It's not that they didn't have a customer base. Money management. How you manage your money matters. How you manage your money matters. Turn to Matthew chapter 7. And uh, I'm going to look at uh, verses 7 through 12, I think, here real quick. Familiar passage of Scripture here. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 12. I'm looking at the New King James Version of the Bible here. And I highlighted a few key words up on the board. You can read it there in your Bible or on your device. Uh, but also I highlighted a, key, a few key words in this passage here. And you know it very well. Jesus said, ask, and it will be what? Given to you. Seek, and you will what? Find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. To who? For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you? If his son asks for bread, will give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? Come on. If you then being evil, <laughs> no, I didn't call you evil. Jesus said that. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father, the God of the universe, who is in heaven, let's look at this now, give good things to those who ask him. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, I like how he throws this in there, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. That's a little thing the world calls the golden rule. That's where they get that from, the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Actually, the scripture says, therefore, whatever you want men, people to do to you, you do also to them. Come on. And so for everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks will be opened. I was watching a movie one time, and uh, these, these guys were trying to figure out, um, it was the military, and they were trying to figure out what Russia was doing in this movie. And, uh, you know, they, they, they were looking at all of the information and all of the intelligence that they had. And, 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 and one guy looked over there from the CIA and he was standing there with a, a, a director and they were looking at all this information. And one guy looked at it and he said, you know what, this just doesn't add up. And, and, the, and the general or the, the director looked over at him and said, oh, it adds up. You just don't like what it adds up to. And I think sometimes we as Christians don't realize that. We think this doesn't add up. You know, I asked God, I did this, I, 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 I read my scripture and I, I don't understand. It adds up. You just don't like what it adds up to. And maybe you can't add all that well. <laughs> Come on. And the thing is, here's what I'm saying is, we, everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. You just might not like what you find. You might not like what you find. But if you seek, you will find. If you have no relationship with the Lord, you're still fine. You just might not like what you find. Do you get where I'm going? If you don't have a relationship with the Lord, listen to me. And that relationship, you haven't patched it up. <laughs> Come on, you're not spending time with God. You're not reading his word. You're not praying. That scripture still applies to you. Everyone who asks will receive. Everyone who seeks will find. You just might not like what you find. 
And so that's something we don't think about when we look at these scriptures and we talk about name it and claim it. We don't, we don't understand that you have to, if you're going to name it and claim it, you have to have a relationship with the one you can claim it from. Where are you claiming it from? You're naming what and claiming it from where? You're going to receive it. You might not like what it is. Matthew 10, 30 says, Who shall not receive a hundredfold in this time? Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers, children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come in eternal life. You see, we, we look at a scripture like this and we take that scripture out of context and we just use just that scripture and say, All right, Lord, you know, listen. I know I've been in some trouble and I know I spent all my money, uh, you know, on uh, cookies and different things when I should have paid the rent. And I know I, I spent the money on clothes when I should have done this. And someone asked me for some money and instead of giving it to them, I told them I didn't have any money. But then I went to the movie. I know I did all that, Lord. But who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time? Come on, Lord. Open the windows of heaven that I might receive and I won't have room enough to receive what you're sending me. Come on. That's where we are sometimes. We have to understand this is a whole thing. This is a whole relationship. I understand Malachi 3.10 says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Try me now in this, says the Lord, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you will not have room enough to receive. Well, if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, if you do bring your tithes to the storehouse, you're going to bring them with the wrong heart. Remember, I said this is a heart issue. This is what Jesus is trying to get to. He's trying to get to our heart. And he's trying to get us to be good stewards over what he's given us. Over what he's given us. And so we can position ourselves to receive. We can have open hands to heaven if our relationship is right with the Lord. First thing, our heart has to be right and our relationship has to be in line with God in order to receive. Now, I'm going to throw a few scriptures at you. Acts 3.5 says this. It says, so the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. This is uh, Peter and John went to uh, the temple that day. And the Bible says they went there at the time of prayer. And there was a man laid at the gate called Beautiful. And they walked and the man stopped them. And he was, he was saying alms, 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 ready to receive, ready to receive. But see, he's ready to receive something that God didn't, wasn't going to give him. Now, I'm going to say that again. He was ready to receive something that God was not going to give him. What you talking about, Pastor Mike? You, Jesus just said, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Didn't Jesus say that? Yeah, he just said that. But let me just set the scene for you here. I know there's a whole bunch of other stuff up there, but I just, I'm stuck on this for a moment, and we'll just, we'll just be here for a moment. Let me set the scene for you here. Peter and John, Jesus had, Jesus had come, died on the cross, resurrected, ascended into heaven. Now, Peter and John are going to the temple. They're going at the time of prayer. There's three people in this story. There are those who are already at the temple, Pharisees, Sadducees, religious leaders maybe, whoever it may be there. And they have an agenda. They're trying to protect their tradition. There's Peter and John. They're on their way to the temple. They had been with Jesus. They had seen the miracles. When the ten lepers were healed and Jesus spoke to them, they were there. They weren't right next to the lepers. But they were there and they saw Jesus do it. When he spoke to the fig tree and cursed it, they were there. When he walked on water, they were there. 
when he fed the 5,000, they were there. They walked with Jesus. But now all of a sudden, here comes a time for the first miracle without Jesus being present in physical form. First time they are confronted with something, Jesus is not there. Can we do it? Jesus is not here. All those other things I saw, Jesus was with me. Now we're, we're faced with something and Jesus is not here. But we have a third person in this story. We're talking about managing my receiving. There's a third person in the story. We don't really think about the perspective. We got the perspective of the religious leaders. We had this, uh, you know, this guy, this carpenter come up and start hollering about the kingdom of heaven. What about that other wild guy that was eating locusts? Yeah, but, you know, he kind of, he passed on. And uh, then the, that one guy, the carpenter, uh, I heard he went to Bethany and his friend had died. And now his friend's alive because I saw him at the feast. I don't know what, this is chaos. We got to kill this guy. They killed him, and, and they put him in the tomb, and they put a rock there. Next thing you know, the rock's gone. He's gone. We don't know where he is. They said he was on this side of town. They said he was in Emmaus. They said he was back in the upper room. We don't know where the guy is. Now we went looking for him. Nobody knows where he is. They said he was on a mountain. He went up into the sky. What, what is going on? That's their perspective. Peter, John, the rest of the disciples, they walked with Jesus, saw all the miracles, and now he's gone. Can we do this? I mean, I know it works for him, but will it work for me? Some of us say that. I know. I saw you, Lord, heal their marriage, but will you heal ours? I, I saw you heal that person, but will you heal me? That's their perspective. Now we get the perspective of the man laying at the gate called beautiful. Here's what I want you to understand about that man. Let me tell you from my perspective. I don't believe that man came to the temple to get healed. He, he was lame from, from birth, right? I didn't read that passage, but he was lame from birth. He got up that morning, got himself together. His friends came over, helped him put his clothes on, drug him over there, laid him at the gate. Why? Because uh, the, the, the receiving is good at the gate. I mean, these religious people, when you say alms, you know, they'll give you something because it makes them feel better. That's why. It makes them feel good. And so, that, take me over there. And so he didn't go, you didn't see him at the gate saying, heal me, pray for me, uh, give me medicine, take me to the doctor. No, what was he saying? Alms, alms, alms. He's looking to receive money. And in the middle of all this, you've got the Pharisees, you have the religious leaders there. They have one agenda to protect their tradition and the way they've been doing things. You have Peter, John, the disciples, they come and they're wondering, can this work? I don't even know. We have never tried this without Jesus. You got the man there yelling alms. It's chaos. And in the middle of all of this chaos, God has something to give. I'm talking about managing our receiving, by the way. Haven't got off that subject. In the middle of all this, God, in the middle of all the chaos, can we find Christ in the chaos? In the middle of coronavirus and in the middle of racial tension, in the middle of economy, in the middle of a political year, in the middle of all of that, God has something to give. The question is not will God give us, the question is will we receive? And what are we looking to receive? Are we looking to receive a new president or the same president? Are we looking to receive a vaccine? Are we looking to receive uh, unity? What are we looking to receive? This man was looking to receive alms. 
But God wanted to bring healing and restoration in the middle of it all. We're talking about managing our receiving. I believe there's times for us when we say, yes, Lord, I'm going to ask and, and I want to receive. But what we, what we think we're going to receive, God is sending us something over here that will bless us. We don't even realize it. It's the blessing is coming this way and we're looking for this. And in our mind, this is what I need. But God is saying, no, that's really just what you want. Because what I'm going to give you is what you need. I'm going to give you restoration. I'm not going to give you a fish. I'm going to teach you how to fish so you'll never want again. I'm not just going to give you a few dollars so you'll be back next week asking for some more. I'm going to teach you a skill. Even miraculously, I'm going to, I'm going to put something in you that you'll know how to do so you'll never have to beg for a job again. This is what God wants to do with us. What are we ready to receive? What are we ready to receive from God? Talking about managing our receiving. You know, one of the amazing things to me about this Greek language, and, and many of you know this, they have so many words where we just throw one word at it. You know, the English people just say, that's just love. You know that. That's all. I don't know whether we're lazy or we don't feel like going into all that. But this word receive has so many Greek words. First of all, lambano. Let me lay these out for you. Lambano means to take or receive with open hands, not closed hands. You know, some, a lot of us take compliments like this with closed hands. I know I'm one of them a lot of times. That's a great sermon. Oh, thank you. You know, praise God. You look nice today. Oh, it's just a little something I threw on. We receive with closed hands. Lambano means receive with open hands. Paralambano means to receive from another or to take, to, to, to get, to take. Analambano means to take on to oneself and to hold on. When I, when I receive it from you, it's mine. I'm not receiving it to hold it for someone else, but this is mine. Thank you, Lord. Apolambano means to receive as one's due, expecting results on what has been invested or sown. Here's the word expectation. I expect to receive on what has been sown because God said it. Because God said it. Prosolambano means to receive, receive with special interest on the part of the receiver, to welcome with open arms. I've really been looking forward to this, Lord. I've really been looking forward to this restoration because now I can help grow the kingdom. I've really been looking forward to this financial blessing because now I can bless my family and I can bless others. I've really been looking forward to this a special, special interest. Metalambano means to have or get a share of, to partake in. God owns it all. God owns it all. Lord, I'll receive whatever you give me. I know it's yours. I'll receive whatever you give me. Hupalambano means to take and bear up under what is taken in or to prepare to carry the load. Whatever you give me, Lord, I'll, re I'll receive it and I'll keep it and I'll carry it. I'll give you praise for it. I'll show it to others that you gave it to me. Dekomai means to receive by deliberate and ready reception of what is offered, to take hold with the hand, firmly grasping. When God gives you something, don't let it go. Don't let anyone else have it <laughs> when God gives it to you until he tells you to do something with it. In other words, it's something valuable. Here's what I'm saying with that. It might sound a little like an oxymoron when I say that, but here's what I mean by that. 
You ever given something to somebody, a, a special gift? You know, I, I made this just for you. I had it done. I really searched uh, all over and I looked on the internet and I went to this store, I went to that store and I, I found this special gift I thought would be for you from my heart. And I, I looked at it and it means a lot because here's the meaning of it. And I thought of you and I gave it to you and that person, uh, you, you give it to them and that thank you very much. And then the next thing you know, three months later, somebody else has that same gift. That's called regifting, by the way. Never had somebody do that? Maybe you haven't. Don't raise your hands because, you know, they might be here. I don't know. But how does that make you feel? It's like, well, I, I, I put my heart into this and gave it to you. And you thought enough of it just to give it to someone else. This is what this word means. What God gives you is special. So value it. Value it. Value this thing. Value this thing. Anadekomai means to receive gladly, taking responsibility as the receiver. Faith in the promise, taking responsibility as the receiver. That's what we have to do. That's how we manage our receiving. I'm taking responsibility for what you gave me, Lord. I don't take it lightly. I don't take it lightly that God gave it to me. I don't take it lightly. <laughs> Apecho means to have in full. To have received, to see the end result as having already received. And then Correo means to make room. <laughs> Here's another one. Make room for what we received. It's Correo, C-H-O-E-O-R-E-O. -E make room for it. Make room to receive what God has given you. Make room to receive what he's given you. So what we're talking about here is an attitude of receiving. And it's to take and receive with open hands, by faith, making room for and receiving by deliberate and ready reception of all that God is bringing into your hands. I'm ready, Lord. I have open hands to heaven with the right attitude in my heart. Have to go together. You can't have one without the other. I have a right attitude in my heart and open hands to heaven. And I'm going to be responsible for what you've given me. And so there's many ways, many ways for us to receive. Especially we can re ways for us to receive healing and all, compassion and all of those things. This particular series, we are talking about money. <laughs> and so you can receive, obviously, from your work or business. Everyone uh, seems like a lot of times, especially during some of these movements, we're, just, we're only looking for miracles. And we live miracle to miracle. I love when God does a miracle. God is a miracle to me. I mean, he's not a miracle to himself, but to me, he is a miracle. So I love it when God does a miracle. But I want to tell you that God's whole plan is not just for you to live miracle to miracle, event to event. He wants you to get these things in your heart. And he's provided a way for us to receive. It's called work. It's called work. You know what? When God created Adam and Eve was in him, come on, he created them both. Eve was right in there. He just pulled her out. And uh, when he created Adam, one of the first things he did was give him a job. First things he did was give him a job. You're going to tend the garden. You will tend, it's called work, people. At work. <laughs> you can also receive from wise decisions and investments. That's another way. House, land, stock, silver, gold, whatever it may be. God pray. God will give you strategies. He'll give you uh, knowledge. But then also, again, not that we want to live from miracle to miracle. God will give us all those things. Sometimes it takes work. Sometimes it takes research. Sometimes you're going to have to take a class. 
Come on. Sometimes you're going to have to spend time with somebody who knows more about money than you do. Wonder why we don't have money. Wonder why there's a hole in our pocket when you don't spend time to understand how money works. Yes, that's a, that's a biblical principle. The man didn't make that up. Man didn't make up investing. Man didn't make up how money works. God did all of that. We're just discovering it. We can also receive from surprise blessings and hidden protection sometimes, right? And faithful obedience. We can receive from that through a lifestyle of giving your tithe. God promised us that. It's a heart issue. Through a lifestyle of liberal giving, right? Above your tithe, I'm talking about. Not just what you owe. Don't just come and give because I have to give. But it's a heart issue. You can receive through grace, mercy, love of God. You don't deserve it. You didn't earn it. Yes, God does. I'm not telling you that God doesn't do that. He absolutely does it. But it's, we're presumptuous when we expect that and don't want to work. Don't want to make wise decisions. Don't want to put in the work to, to research. We don't want to work. We're presumptuous. But we can receive that way. And we have to understand that God will withhold nothing good from you. I think the first thing to receiving is to understand that in your heart. Understand who God is and that it is not God's desire to withhold anything good from you. It's not God's will, come on, that you just suffer so he can teach you a lesson. He, he'll, he has something good for you and he just wants to withhold it no matter what you do, no matter how obedient you are, no matter how your heart is, he's still just going to withhold it so he can watch you suffer. That's not, now there are times when we do go through things. In this world, you will have tribulation. You know, we talk about the promises of God. That's a promise. Jesus said it, in this world you will have tribulation. That's a promise of God. But the promise is also, I have overcome the world. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you have also overcome the world. Let me throw the scripture at you. Psalm 8411. Psalm 8411, 10 and 11 says this. For a day in your courts, you know this one? You guys know this one? Yeah, you know it. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. King James says a thousand elsewhere. I like this one, just a thousand. I don't care where, a day in your courts is better than a thousand days. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly? Let me just finish by throwing these five prerequisites at you from Psalm 84, 11. First of all, a person who loves the presence of God. See, this is not just about saying, saying some magical words. Saying some magical words, right? Your, your, your confession is important, but it has to come from your heart out of a relationship with God. If your confession comes out, two people can say the exact same thing. I'm blessed and highly favored. The other person over here can say I'm blessed and highly favored. But if you say I'm blessed and highly favored out of a relationship with God and it's coming out of your heart, you are blessed and highly favored. Over here, you're just bumping your gums together. That's what my grandfather used to say. You're just bumping your gums. It's just a little hot air. Come on. And so a person who loves the presence of God. Also, a person who loves God's house. That's twofold. 
The obvious thing is coming to gathering together when we can. <laughs> I know what we're going through right now. But gathering together when we're able to assemble together in the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. In case you forgot that, that's what David said. I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. So a person who loves God's house. But let me tell you this, know ye not, to use my King James, know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Person who loves God's house. And you might say, well, I love myself. Well, when you, when, you, when you love yourself, when you love God's house, you'll do those things according to God's word with this house. Now, can you say, do you love yourself? Person who loves God's house. And then a person who, who pushes through. <laughs> a person who, who, who perseveres. A person who endures. Blessed is the man that endures temptation. I know you want to go around it. I know you want to go above it, under it. But James said, blessed is the man that endures temptation. Nothing you can bring on me, because God, God is for me. And if God be for me, what, who can be against me? Come on. A person that pushes through and endures. A person of prayer and devotion. You can't leave that out. You can't think that you can go weeks upon end without praying. No time for devotion. No time for reading God's word. And you know what? It'll be just like some lifetime movie. I don't even know who you are anymore. You ever heard God say that? I hope not. I don't even know who he knows you. You just don't know him. I don't even know who you are anymore. We haven't spent any time together. And then a person of integrity it says, I will, I, I will hold, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. A person of integrity. So what things can you receive from our good God? What things can you receive from God? God is the promiser and he is the promise keeper. And so with, in light of what we're talking about here, it being a heart issue, but also receiving being a biblical principle, let's not turn our back on receiving because if you have nothing, to, if you don't have anything, you have nothing to give. And so if you're going to be a giver, you have to be a receiver. They go together. You can't be a giver without an expectation to receive. It's unbiblical. It's unbiblical. I hope we've laid the foundation of where your heart has to be in order to receive from God. With that in mind, here's what I want us to do. Let's stand to our feet this morning. I just want us to do something real quick. We have, if, if you're able to stand, if you're able to, if you're not, you're able to sit there, that's fine. And go ahead and throw, put on some receiving music. Uh, Josh, whatever you got that's receiving music. And here's what I want to do this morning. See, this, this is not some magical thing. That's why I wanted to lay that foundation. We, we prepare to receive from the Lord, not some, some magic. He's not a genie. It's not that. But we have our ducks in a row. Our heart is right, okay? We're people of integrity. We're people of honor. We're people who love God and we love his house, okay? We give him praise and we worship him. And with that, we walk uprightly. We can expect to receive from God. We're not being presumptuous.